It's unnecessary roughness. Josh Jacobs, the lone tailback. Carr, looked like he bobbled the snap. Throws the slant. It's caught. Touchdown, Devontae Adams. He bobbled the snap, got it off anyway. And for the second straight week, Devontae Adams has a silver and black touchdown. This is Unnecessary Roughness. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, kicking off hour number three of the show. It's Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920, brought to you by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Definitely appreciate them. Shout out to my man, Ari, who's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. We like to call it Studio Q today. We're having a good time, and we want to hear from you. We've had a lot of great guests on the show, but we need you as well. We love your input. 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r which has been very busy. Very explosive. It's always blowing up. We threw the question out there to you. Uh, what needs to happen? What do you need to see or hear from this Raiders defense to truly feel comfortable that they'll be good this year? And then also, how much do you think the addition of Marcus Peters has helped the other guys in the secondary with confidence and belief that they can go out there and do it? Checking out the, the text line real quick. Got this text from the 707. Hey, Q. After last season, my unhinged optimism before every season has been depleted. I just can't do it without seeing it. Week one, I'll determine how I feel about this defense. Nothing's going to change my mind other than the real thing. And you know what? That's fair, right? That's why I keep saying I'm kind of tiptoeing. I'm, you know how you are when you're a little gun shy of getting into the pool? You're like, I don't know. It's going to be cold. And you kind of just put your toe into the water. You're like, yep, it's cold, just like I thought. Or, no, I don't feel too bad. Then you put your foot in a little bit further. That's how I am right now. Because I'm just like this texter from the 707. I've seen it and heard it too many times, and I've talked about it too many times. Not just the defense, but the team in general. All right, I'm seeing the signs. This is going to make them good. This is what's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, nothing, right? And, and this has nothing to do with the guys that are, are playing now. This has nothing to do with the Max Crosby's, the Devontae Adams, the Marcus Epps. The Mar- this has nothing to do with that. Just me as a, as a Raider fan, I know there's been too many times in my life where someone has asked me, Hey, man, is the team going to be better? I'm like, yeah, this is the reason. And I promise you, every time I give the reason, it sounds right. It makes sense. It's not like I'm just throwing something against the wall and hoping it sticks, but too many times you see something early and you're like, oh, there it is. I see it. I know where the success is going to come from, and then it doesn't happen. So when they say we got to wait till week one and see how it shakes out, that's fair, right? Just like we had the texter earlier already saying when – the defense can help them stick around in game one and help them stick around in game two, both games on the road, Denver and Buffalo. I think that that's fair. I really do. Like, I want to believe right now that this defense is going to be really good. I want to believe that they're going to have interceptions like they're having in practice. I want to believe that they're going to knock the ball out like they're doing in practice. I I, I do. I honestly do. I don't want to poo-poo on any of that because I do think what I'm seeing is a positive step, but I think it's only a step. I think this week's joint practices is going to tell us a lot. You know, we'll be able to see that. Look, the 49ers are playmakers, offensively and defensively. When Bonte was on and he was talking about some of the players on the, on the 49ers defense, I was like, damn, that's right. Forgot about that guy. Uh, forgot about that guy too, <laughs> right? I mean, they've got dudes. And when he said that Steve Wilkes is going to be a little bit more aggressive as the defensive coordinator, I thought, oh, boy. But to what Bonte said, maybe because they have guys they can get to the quarterback without having to blitz, maybe they won't be as aggressive. And I know that they're not going to throw the whole, the whole playbook at the, at the Raiders in, in these two joint practices or even the preseason game because you don't want to show too much and you want to make sure you guys get out of there healthy. But I think you're going to learn a lot about this Raiders team 
especially with this joint practice uh, with the 49ers. So uh, thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Uh, also got a text from Snake Man. Say, Q, wondering if the D looks better because Jimmy G and the offense are taking more chances throwing in a different or tighter windows. Does the offensive play calling look any better than years past? That's from Snake Man. And I think you bring up a good point. I heard Vinny talking about that this morning on the morning tailgate from 7 to 10 a.m. right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. He was talking about sometimes these guys are just going to throw the ball into a window that they normally wouldn't throw it. You know, I mean, Jimmy's thrown seven interceptions in two practices, four on Friday and three on Saturday. Some of those are going to be throwaways. Some of those would have been sacks, right? There was a couple times where he would have been hit and never even thrown the ball. But, you know, when it's, when it's training camp and it's practice, you could afford to throw the ball up or throw the ball to the sideline and hope that your guy makes a play or you kind of see him in the vicinity. Okay, let me, let me see if I can squeeze this in there. Let me see what this guy's willing to go do, right? There's, there's, been, there's been a few of those. So, yeah, I definitely think that there's an element of that. There's no doubt. But also, I feel like there's an element of confidence with the defense to kind of trust what they see, right? Something Eric Allen talks about all the time. Understand your keys. Max Crosby says it too. Know your keys. Know where you're supposed to be. Know what you're, what you're seeing. Watch it develop. Marcus Epps talked to us about it as well at the Raider Content Day. He said, you know, I, when I started in the league, I didn't even know how to watch film. I, I was watching film, but I didn't know what I was seeing. So you have to be able to trust what you're seeing. That's what Marcus Peters is, is helping bring to the table, teaching these guys on what, what they're seeing, how to react. Marcus Epps is helping Trayvon Merrick trust with what you're seeing. I finally saw on Saturday and Sunday, I saw Trayvon Merrick instructing guys on where to go. I saw, I saw him, hey, you ain't lined up correctly. Get lined up. I saw him, you know, being a, a, a general on the back end of that defense. I hadn't seen that at all this, practice, this, this training camp so far. I finally saw it on Saturday and Sunday. I don't think there's any coincidence that he came up with the interception on Saturday and had a couple pass breakups on Friday. When you make a play and make a couple plays, all of a sudden you believe, like, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, I got the confidence to be able to do this. You're starting to see it develop, but it's, it's small baby steps. So you got to keep on working at it, keep on churning, keep on trying to, trying to make it get better at, uh, at, at what you do. Uh, also got a text from the 707 AQ regarding that, that clip of Ziggler. He said something I don't like. He said Josh had his best season emphasized, emphasizing being under McDaniel's system. That's technically true since that's the system that was in place at the time. But he made it sound like it was because of the McDaniel system. I disagree. It was all Jacobs and the fire that he had in, under his behind. From what we saw last year with the complex offense that even impacted Carr negatively, I'd go so far to say Jacobs had his best year despite McDaniels running the offense. That's from the 707. And, you know, look, there's a lot of things that went into Josh Jacobs having a hell of a season. One, it's being a year, a year older in the NFL just as a veteran running back. Uh, two, it had a lot to do with the chip on his shoulder that he had from not having the fifth-year option picked up. Uh, that, please believe that has something to do with it. I don't think it's any coincidence that he played in all 17 games last season. <laughs> right? I mean, that's the first time in his career he's played in all 17 games. Not that he's an injury-prone dude, but, you know, he'll miss a game or two here and there, and he didn't. He played in all 17 games. Uh, the Raiders also didn't have an identity until he showed who he was. I also think helping him lead the league in rushing was 17, <laughs> right? Every team don't have Devontae Adams, and the Raiders haven't had Devontae Adams before last year either. That had a lot to do with it as well because now he doesn't have a loaded box trying to stop him. Because now they're trying to slow down 17, who also had 1,500 yards, 100 catches, 12 or 14 touchdowns. So, I mean, as much as the offense could have been complicated, I, I agree with you there. I think that there was a lot of elements that, that went into play. Josh Jacobs obviously has to, has to do the heavy lifting 
where he's doing the running. And, and, and on top of that, with the offensive line, that many questioned what they were going to be. But what Dave was talking about and, and kind of what stood out to me on that, that clip when he was with, uh, with Amber Theo Harris and Eric Allen was the fact that he said that we're hoping that Josh could come in and do it again. And then we could talk about, you know, maybe we can uh, address it or we can't address it again, but we can't address it till after the season. So it's almost like, and many people have come on the show and talked about it, it's almost like they want to see him duplicate what he did last year before they decide that, hey, we're going to give you, you know, the contract that you want. And the thing about that, what I would say to that, if that is the mindset, it also kind of feels like, hey, you're going to probably carry the ball 300 times like you did last year or 300 plus times that you, like you did last year. And then – that narrative is going to come up again. Well, now he's ran the ball 600 times in the last two seasons. How many? How much more do we think he has? You know, on on his how much tread does he have on the tires? The good thing about Josh is he's young, and he didn't have a lot of burn in college at Alabama, where most most running backs that come out of Alabama they do. So uh, I think something will get worked out on the one year deal this upcoming year, and then you just let the chips fall where they may after the season. But he goes out there and balls out. He's he's. You know, Staten, he's putting out the evidence and putting out the reason to go out and have a heck of a season. So uh, thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick. 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our good friend Bernard. Welcome to Unnecessary Roughness. What's on your mind? Hey, Q. What's up, Doc? Always good to hear from you, man. You too, brother. Thank you for the – you put it on for the Raider Nation, like coast to coast, man. We, we all love you, man. Hey, what I want to see for the Raider defense – is what I've seen on the press conference, and you picked up a little bit of Nate Hobbs, um, played a little bit of that, and I've seen it. That was, that was funny. to had me laughing. That's a, that's a good dude. I want to see him stay healthy. And um, you look like he's, he's built for the slot, man. You know, the mm-hmm. guy, is he, he's, he, he can blitz, he can tackle. And, you know, he just needs to stay healthy. And it's unfortunate he's, he's been hurting his hand the last, you know, the last year or so. There's always some kind of nagging. But I think he's going to be real good. And then and Marcus Peters. What I want to see the Raiders do is is, is have a confidence that, that he has and any more players like that. And I think you're starting to see that. Undoubtedly, Max Crosby, world of confidence. Uh, Marcus Peters, I think you, he has 30-something interceptions. World of confidence, played in a lot of big games. And then the safety apps that came over from Philly, you can tell he got a lot of confidence. And Morgan, I think he's going to settle in. Everybody wants him to do good. He's been through a lot of changes. So hopefully with these all these veterans around him, you know, he can shine. And the one thing about the Raiders, man, it just seemed like luck is always kind of like messing with them. Yeah. Now that they're starting to get good, it's like they, they're playing against the best quarterback and one of the best coaches in the league. And Patrick Mahomes is going to be there for a long time. So their defense is going to be front and center every single year because they got to play Kansas City. So they already have a measuring stick. So until they get over that hump, you know they gon' they can you know they can get clowned you know on on you know two Sundays uh, a year or Monday whenever they play KC. So Max Crosby know that man, and I I think of back back to like the Giants when they had that NASCAR uh, defense, what they used to call it. They, yeah. You know, you know, putting those different uh, linemen in there. That's what it's gonna take to beat Kansas City. Keep mm-hmm. Mahomes uncomfortable, and you know we've seen the Raiders do it a little bit here and there, but Kansas City always figure them out because the Raiders don't have enough good players. But I think that trend is starting to change, and they know they got to beat Kansas City before they do anything. So that's that's what I want to see. Have that defense and, uh, elude, you know, exude it. Like, like Peters and Max Crosby, you get four or five dudes doing that, I think they're going to be all right. Yeah, good stuff, man. Thanks so much, Bernard, for the call. I do appreciate you. I love the fact that you referenced that NASCAR package. That's what I envisioned 
immediately when they drafted Tyree Wilson is him being in there in that NASCAR package, right? Have Max out there, have Chandler out there, and all of a sudden have Tyree as well. And they're able to do that, all three of those guys getting after the quarterback and have a guy like Bilal Nichols or Byron Young or whatever the case may be. But that's you've got to, you're right, you've got to make Patrick Mahomes uncomfortable. You've got to make Justin Herbert uncomfortable. You've got to make Russell Wilson uncomfortable in your own division, let alone the conference. The conference, I mean, you look at the quarterbacks in the AFC and you look at the quarterbacks in the NFC and you're like, dang. <laughs> That's a gauntlet, right? I mean, and, and depending on the health of Tua in Miami, I mean, he could be another one of the really good quarterbacks. He's just got to stay healthy. But you got Joe Burrow in, uh, in, in Cincinnati. You got Josh Allen in Buffalo. Uh, you got Lamar Jackson, new offense there in Baltimore. I mentioned the quarterbacks already in the AFC West, right? I mean, there's quarterback after quarterback after quarterback. You know, maybe Mac Jones is going to be better. Who knows? I mean, he's obviously still a question mark. Aaron Rodgers is part of the Jets now. <laughs> Right. There's a lot of quarterbacks. The NFC, they got Jalen Hurts. They've got Jalen Hurts. <laughs> right? They've got Dak. <laughs> okay. Right? I mean, like, man, if you want to talk about luck, if it wasn't for no luck, there would be. You know, they, they, Raiders wouldn't have any luck. Not only are they, in, are they in the AFC West with all those quarterbacks that could play, but they're also in the AFC with a whole lot of quarterbacks. In the conference. But, I mean, hey, you know, you go out there and you, you play against who you play against. And you let the chips fall where they may. Uh, all I know is that if they all go out there with the intensity of a Max Crosby, if they go all go out there with that swagger and confidence of a Marcus Peters, if they all go out there, you know, with the, with the kind of uh, football mentality of a Robert Spillane, those kind of guys, you know, Chandler Jones, the experience there, those kind of guys can make differences. They've just got to go out there and make it happen. And you mentioned Marcus Peters. So let's go ahead and go to some of his sound from Saturday. And, again, man, I learned so much on Saturday from Marcus Peters. I did not know what the Marcus Peters experience was going to be like. I really didn't. It could be a guy that's just trying to get a check. It could be a guy that's just trying to play for his hometown team. It could just be a guy that, you know, just thinks that he's got a little something left and he wants to go out there and do whatever the case may be. Or it could be a guy that's come in with all the right intentions, like he sat down with the front office, they told him what they – they want from him, what they need from him, and he signed up for that, including being the OG in the room, the guy that's dropping all the knowledge. And so I asked him when he told us voluntarily that the guys in the room call him the OG so I could feel I could appreciate that as Tyreek Hill called me old school, right? Me, I'm old school. Marcus Peters is the OG. So here's Marcus Peters on if he's excited being called the OG. Yeah, hell yeah, because, I, you know what I'm saying, I'm going to stop playing this game when I don't want to play no more. You feel me? And I know you're going to get older, but um, – it's a game guide out there, man. Somebody got to be able to, to to give it out, you feel me? And it's just my turn. You know what I'm saying? I have my, my leaders, you know what I'm saying? Eric Berry, Justin Houston, Keith Talese, Sean Smith, Ron Parker, um, and many more, you feel me? And I listened to them, and they just kept saying, bro, you gonna, it's going to be your time soon, you feel me? And um, when it is your time, just, you know what I'm saying, just be the, be the same catch you is and just lead them, you feel me? Because they're going to they gonna turn a look to you now, you feel me, for information. And if you got it, man, why not, why not pass it on, you feel me? The Raiders now have the old dude in the, in the barbershop. And I mean that with all due respect. I go to the barbershop every single Saturday. Since training camp's gone on, it hasn't been 9 a.m. anymore. Thank you. <laughs> I had to find a way to get in on the afternoon. But in the barbershop, traditionally, there's an OG that we like to call him. The guy that's got all the knowledge, the guy that's sitting around – Spitting game, as, as you just heard Marcus Peters, game dropper. Up there talking about things that even I still consider myself a young dude might not know. And whether we want to hear it or not, they're going to tell us. 
and they're going to expect you to listen. That's the OG in the barbershop, right? In every barbershop that has the OG, you shut up and listen when they're talking. Marcus Peters has earned that right, and he is that dude for the Raiders. And he mentioned, you know, being able to, to talk to the youngsters, the youngsters being Ja'Korian Bennett, the youngsters being Nate Hobbs, the youngsters being Trayvon Merrick, guys like that. They're able to pick up from a guy that's been in the league, what, seven years, has 32 career interceptions and six he took back for, for, for touchdowns. That doesn't happen on accident. Right, he might be in the league seven or eight years, whatever the case may be. But that doesn't happen on accident. You don't just mess up and get it thirty-two interceptions and six touchdowns. Like that doesn't just happen, <laughs> right? You can get one or two might fall your way. You don't get thirty-two and six on accident. So talking about the young guys, learning from him, Jacoria Bennett, who we got an opportunity to talk to on Sunday, and seems like he really enjoys his relationship with Marcus Peters is the guy that stays by Marcus's side all day. Anytime there's not a rep going on, he's in Marcus's ear. So here's Marcus Peters talking about Ja'Cory Bennett and the fact that he just stays by his side. Tell everybody, man, uh, I'm an open book. And for you to, you know what I'm saying, for you to get the information, you got to go, got to go want to pull it out the library. You got to go want to read it. And he's, he just come over and ask questions, you know what I'm saying? And every question he got, if I don't got the answer, we're going to figure it out together, you feel me? And, we, and then when we get in the meeting room, he sit right next to me and he's still asking questions, you feel me? And that's how I go. That's how game pass down. Most of the time, you don't got to really say too much, just pay attention, you feel me? And that lead by example and pay attention by example. And then it's going to start, for, you just start just filling in, you're filling in your little information of how you do and add everything to his game. And then he, 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 it's going to be him. So there's Marcus Peters talking about Ja'Korian Bennett. All right, let's go ahead and skip all the way up to Ja'Korian Bennett since he was, since Marcus was just talking about him. And let's go to Ja'Korian talking about Marcus and the fact that Marcus Peters is what he just said, what he just described, being that open book. Here's Ja'Korian Bennett. We met with him yesterday, and we asked him about Marcus Peters being that open book. It made it a lot easier. You know, uh, MP's a cool dude. Like, uh, he's helped me so much. Like, I see, like, probably like the second practice, he caught like an interception and, you know, that just kind of rubs off on everybody else in the room on the defense, you know, just to see him go out there and just, like he's so smooth and just cerebral. And so, but yeah, like him just kind of being an open book and like he's going on year nine. And so if I can get some of the knowledge he has and going into year one, you know, that can just kind of slow the game down for me a lot. So There's Ja'Korian Bennett right there. And I'll tell you, I, I came away impressed from him as well. It doesn't seem like the moment is too big for him. He's a fourth-round pick out of Maryland. The first-round pick uh, was, uh, was really good. Deontay Banks, right, he ended up going to the Giants. And so Ja'Korian Bennett, he didn't go to the fourth round, but he seems like a guy that, that gets, gets it. He's got the speed to hang with anybody, and he's done that. He's got to make sure that he, you know, isn't running through guys, and he's making sure that he's not committed penalties. He's a little handsy, still a little physical at times, and that's going to get called in the league, so he's got to be careful with that. He's got room to grow. He's not a, you know, all pro all of a sudden. But he's learning. And, and, again, I think the biggest thing is he doesn't look like and it doesn't seem like even talking to him or watching him that the moment is too big. So he's learned a lot from Peters. You just heard him talk about the open book. But he's also learning a lot from Devontae Adams, who he has to go up against. And he's jumped into reps. There's been times when Devontae has been lined up with nobody across from him. And also you see Ja'Cory just run over there and get, a, get, some, get some reps with him. And, and that's good. That's, that's good on him to be going up against a great like Devontae Adams. That all he could do is learn from that. So here's Ja'Cory and Bennett talking about learning from Devontae Adams and Marcus Peters. Someone told, told me uh, 
a dumb question is a question never asked. You know what I'm saying? And so I just like to ask questions because, you know, Devontae won arguably one of the best receivers. So I just try to get his knowledge on, like, what kind of gives him trouble? What can I do to kind of, you know what I'm saying, elevate my game? And then with MP, you know, he, he's a ball hawk. I think he has like 32 career interceptions. And so I just try to pick his brain to see how I can kind of slow the game down and, you know, and just try to make plays like how he did. So, but yeah, I just, I love asking questions. I try, I try not to ask too many questions though, you know what I'm saying? But, but nah, they, they, they be uh, open ears, you know, and they willingly, they're, uh, yeah, they're willing to answer any question. There's Ja'Cory Bennett right there talking about Devontae Adams and Peters and what he's learning from those guys. And, again, I think that that's a good mindset to have. You know, uh, the worst question is one that's not asked. you got to ask questions. And, you know, and I, I say it sometimes. I'll be like, oh, this is probably a dumb question. But I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> right? And, I mean, seriously, like you'll never know the answer if you don't ask. You know, and, and some things I might assume that you already know or whatever. And if, you, if, it's, not, if it's not talked about, then there's that. So I think he has the right mindset, man. Jacorian, I said it before. I've said it multiple times. I said it on the podcast. Said it on the show earlier today. If the season started tomorrow, I believe it'd be Marcus Peters, Jacorian Bennett with Nate Hobbs in the slot. It's just that simple. Let's go back to Marcus Peters real quick. Got one more soundbite from him that I wanted to play, and this is the fact that Marcus has been on some really good defenses. He was a ball hawk in Kansas City, but then he got traded to L.A. and he also got traded to Baltimore. Both of those teams, at the time, especially in L.A., they were known for their defenses. In Baltimore, they're always known for their defense. So Vinny asked Marcus if he sees any similarity to those defenses and what they're trying to try to build with the Raiders. Yeah, we hungry. You know what I'm saying? We want to we wanna up everything that we're going to do on defense, and we want to, like I say, we want to show our effort. We want our communication to, to just be displayed in our play. And then our play, you know what I'm saying, going to be able to show all our effort. And we want to have fun doing it at the same time. And I think that we all on the same boat of just let's just come to work, you know what I'm saying, keep building our camaraderie together and then be ready to put it, put a product on the field that that's Raiders. You feel me? Hungry. They're hungry. That's the similarities that he sees. And that's good. You want that team to be hungry. You want those players to be hungry. You know what Josh Jacobs was last year? He was hungry. You know what he did? He ate. Right? The hungry man is going to find a way to get fed. And if not, then there's something wrong with you, right? If, if you're hungry and you ain't working to get fed, then that's on you, right? I mean, it's just, it's just it's this reality. So this defense, if they're hungry, like Marcus Peters says they are, they're going to find a way to get fed. And if they don't, then that's on them 100%. That's on Patrick Graham. That's on all the defensive coaches. If they are hungry, Antonio Pierce, if they don't find a way to eat – as a hungry defense, that's them. You know who was hungry and who still is hungry each and every day? Max Crosby. He's hungry. He's hungry to be the greatest. Whatever you need to, to put in your system to push you, to fuel you to be that guy. If it was Jacobs last year, it was not getting the fifth-year option picked up. That gave him a hunger in his belly. All he did is go out and lead the league in rushing. Max Crosby, fourth-round pick. Nobody talking about him. All he did is go and get ten sacks his, his rookie year. Right? People still not talking about him. Max is hungry now because he was 17th in the top 100 when it comes to the players in the NFL voting on, on the top 100 guys. I never even look at those lists. I never really even talk about those. But Max Crosby was 17th. And what did he see, say on Twitter? I'm just getting started. I'm just getting started. He's hungry. A hungry man is the best kind of person you want on your side because ain't nobody want to go starving. The hungry man is always going to want to eat. Got a text from Rob in Oakland. He said, I agree 100% with Bernard and his thoughts about the NASCAR package. I really think we have to attack Mahomes with speed, 
Otherwise, he controls the pace of the passing down, scrambles to buy time, and hits an off-schedule throw for big yards. I'll stop right there. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> right? Ain't that the truth? All guys' children said, amen. And then he says, in terms of the defense, I want to see production. I'm tired of watching them take body blow after body blow through the game, only to get knocked out in a critical late-game situation. I want the defense to be more aggressive in design and individual play in order to create game-changing opportunities. Turnovers and three-and-out drives are what good defense produce. That's Rob in Oakland. So, again, you're not going to be able to see that until the, the, the season starts. I mean, you'll be able to see some, obviously, in joint practices and preseason, but you won't get a good idea of exactly what that is or what it looks like until – until the regular season, but that's definitely what you want to see. You want to see three and outs. You want to see smart situational football. You want to see turnovers. You want to see aggressiveness, not slow, not, not behind a guy all the time, not two or three steps behind. You want to see a guy, if they make a catch, make it a minimal gain, not a big like communication breakdown type gain. So, Rob, thank you so much for that. Do appreciate it. Keep those texts coming, 69187, keyword r or you can hit us up like Bernard did. 702-365-9200. Want to know what you want to see from the Raiders' defense? What they have to uh, you know, do to, to make you feel like, okay, this defense is turning around? And how much do you think Marcus Peters is helping that defense and the team in general just go out there and do what they do? 425 is the time. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. Honestly, bro, just doing my part, man. Just coming in daily and like just locking in on film and working. And, yeah, man, just head down grinding, bro. That's what I'm focused on right now. Shoot, man, just get it down, man. Just go ahead downhill and just make the play work, honestly, man. Just trying to be like a good teammate and just do my part. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. My man Ari is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. We're calling it Studio Q today. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920, brought to you by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Shout out to my man Mordecai. Uh, been in business for about 50-something years, right? Been here, number one jeweler in Vegas. Got all kind of awards after award after award. They're winning an award right now as I speak. Uh, you definitely want to go check them out, uh, thejewelers.com. You can give them a call, 702-382-1234. Diamonds, watches, any kind of jewelry that you need, whether you're a big jewelry fan or you just, you know, something to accent your outfit, it don't matter. They've got you covered, man. The only spot that anyone here in town goes and gets jewelry from, number one jeweler in Vegas. Go check them out. Again, thejewelers.com. And, Ari, I don't know about you, man, but I'm a big fan of Zamir White. You heard Zamir White right there. He uh, he talked to us after practice. I believe that was on Saturday. He, uh, man, he cracks me up because he's so just him, right, which is all you could ever ask anyone to be. But Zamir is just that dude. He's a country guy, right? He's got a bunch of uh, horses. He told me last year when I talked to him in the locker room, just a little one-on-one conversation, I was asking him about, you know, being in the league and what he thought. And he was like, man, I'll tell you, uh, I love football and I love horses. Those are the two things that I I love. (laughs) And so that's something that has always stuck with me. So this time around this year when he was at the podium, uh, he was talking about he he talked about uh, you know getting getting in shape, working all off season, and also working with his horses. So I asked him, hey, how is the horses, right? Because that's kind of that's kind of the conversation that me and him have. And he was, you, know, you heard him right there, shoot, man, like I got twelve horses now. I got the hogs. I got, I mean, but you can see just the the his face light up when he starts talking about the horses. Like he's not talking about football. He's talking about what 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 gets him in that good spot which is taking care of his animals, the horses and, and all the other animals that he has. And, you know, he, he was talking about his family coming out here to Vegas. And, you know, he said they're in the country. What they get annoyed about is the food out here because it ain't real cooking. Like, we, we, we really cook in the country, right? I mean, just his whole personality, he's a guy that, you know, how could you not root for him? 
right? Obviously, everyone wants to see Josh Jacobs back with the team. Everyone wants to see him uh, back there getting the, getting the ball, whether it's carry the rock or getting, catching passes. But I'll tell you what, Zamir White is the guy that I look at and say, how could you not root for him? How could you not? He's just a good, down-to-earth cat. Right, he's just one of those guys. Actually, I shouldn't call him a cat; I should call him a dog. Right, he went to Georgia. He's a bulldog, so he might not want to be called a cat. He's a, he's a dog, but he's he's a, he's just a good dude, man. So Zamir White is definitely a guy that I, I want to root for. Uh, we got reason or excuse coming up in a few seconds, but before we do that, I did want to get to uh, a couple texts that we have real quick on the don'tbebroke.com text line at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. This one comes from Mark in Jersey. As for the D, seeing is believing. I need to see it in real time before I believe in it. Not sold on Patrick Graham's D. Hopefully this year he proves me wrong. That's Mark in Jersey. And, again, like I've said many other times, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. If, if, if seeing it is believing it, that's fine. That's probably a good approach to take. <laughs> I'll wait. Like I, I say all the time when I talk about the Detroit Lions, I, I don't want to be first to the party. I, I don't mind coming in fashionably late, right? Oh, cute. Nice of you to show up. Fine. I'm here, though. <laughs> right? I ain't going to be the first one to the party. That's for you swinging D's, not me. I'm good. You guys can get to the party first. Uh-uh. The lights ain't even off before. Before I, You know what I mean? Like The, the lights have to be down. It's got to be late in the, in the party before I get there. Not because I'm special, just because that's just my approach. Right? I don't want to be there first. So that's, that's the same here. Right? Seeing it is believing it. I'm okay with that. Uh, let's see. We got another text. We do appreciate that. A couple texts from my guy, Vegas Pete. He said, with our explosive offense, if the defense can be average and create some turnovers uh, with our offense, they'll be flying high, we'll be good. And it's funny, we've, I don't know how many years we've talked about, if the defense could just be average, if they could just be middle of the pack, if they could just stop a, a team a couple times, force a couple field goals as opposed to giving up touchdowns. And all that's right, but it just hasn't happened to the point where it needs to. Right? You'll see moments. They'll have moments where they're good, but they can't do it consistently. So consistency is what they, they need to do. And that's why on Friday when I came in after the show and said, man, defense really won the day today, I was cautiously optimistic. Said I want to see them do it again. They did it again on Saturday. Sunday, I wouldn't say it was an offense or a defensive day. That was, a, as Josh McDaniel said, a corrections day. So now I want to see what it looks like Wednesday and then see what it looks like Thursday and Friday. Check out the preseason game. Boom, get back to camp. Right, But really, we won't know until we know for real when the games really matter. Remember, the Raiders went 4-0 last year in the preseason, and they ended up with six wins this season, or this past season. So there's that. Just because you see it in, in preseason and training camp don't mean it's going to you know, translate to the regular season. So it's, it's, it's a building process. It's a, slow, it's a slow grind. But there's something that feels like to me at least that there's more confidence building with this team defensively. And that, I think, is important. If you have confidence, you can go a long way. Also, Vegas Pete said, regarding Marcus, anytime you got a guy with the name Peters, you're a champ. It's cool that his dad said he could finally wear his jersey because he's a Raider. And, yeah, that's pretty special as well. I'm happy for Marcus for that, knowing that, you know, his dad, his dad is a diehard Raider fan and the Chiefs drafted him, right? I mean, how, how would that go? Right, I mean that's something that that who would want that to happen, right? The it's ultimate so, test, right? It, it it really is. And look, I mean, you're always going to be so proud of your your kids, regardless of what they do. It's funny, my son Kimani, he his first first football team he ever played on, knowing I'm a diehard Raider fan, was the 49ers. That was his first. That was the first team he ever played on. And then not only that, but he had a poster made, and he gave it to me for Father's Day 
which I have on my wall in my home studio right now as we speak. I still have it on the wall, but it's so funny because everything else is Raiders and there's not a lick of 49er anything, and the one poster that he had made was him in the 49er jersey. But what are you going to do, right? But he did, to his credit, <laughs> after a year with the Niners, he did transfer and play for the, the Tracy Raiders. So there's that, right? I mean, so uh, he, he, he knew what, what time it was, but I just thought it was so funny that his first team, as I'm looking at the poster right now, was the 49ers. So if you actually look into my studio, the home studio, you'll see, you know, music plaques. You'll see uh, a Marshawn Lynch autographed Raider jersey in a, in, a, in, a, um, in a frame. You'll see some more music plaques. And then all of a sudden something that stands out like a sore thumb is a 49 or something, <laughs> right? But it's my son. So I can understand how Marcus Peters said that his dad wasn't able to wear his jersey because, well, his teams that he was playing for wasn't the Raiders. So now he has that opportunity. It reminds me, honestly, uh, with Kirk Morrison. Kirk Morrison's dad, diehard Raider fan. He had uh, season tickets there at the Coliseum, and he used to sit there on the third deck. And there's many times right, right there in the end zone, many times that I sat right next to him. And we used to chop it up and talk all kind of, of football. But it, his dad was a Raider fan, and Kirk just happened to get drafted by the Raiders, which was awesome. So he was able to not only see his son get to the highest level and succeed, but also succeed with the team that he was a diehard fan of. So I think that that's really cool. But uh, as a parent, man, you don't care. You don't care what team your, your kid goes to or whatever, uh, but it will be nice to see Marcus Peters. I'm sure his dad will be at the game at some point, and you'll see that Peters jersey, and it'll be pretty cool rocking the silver and black. Not, not to mention that in the number 24, which we know, especially for cornerbacks, guys in the secondary when it comes to the Raiders, how important that number 24, what that really means. So I think that that's pretty uh, cool as well. So thanks so much, Vegas Pete, for that text. I do appreciate you, and I think – I think that was the last te text I need to get to. Oh, no, I got two more that are kind of funny ones. Uh, this one's from Mailman Raider. Yo, Q, listen to Friday's show a little late, but y'all were talking about drinking games. And me and some of the homies that play kickball, but the kicker is each base you get on, you got to chug a beer. So basically kick home runs unless you're thirsty. Laughing my ass off. Also, Q, as a Raider Warrior A's and Bears fan, it's been a tough few years. I can't catch a break now with this whole Pac-12 or Pac-4 now. That's Mailman Raider. When he says Bears, he's talking about the Cow Bears. And, yeah, man, the whole Pac-12. That was another reason I was mad I didn't talk to Coach Shaw on uh, Sunday because he used to be Stanford's head coach. So I could have asked him about the Pac-12 and all that stuff. I just totally blew it. I totally blew it. Like, Ari, if you came back and said, Q, I had this opportunity and I missed it, I'd, I'd have been all over you, man, and be like, oh, mm -hmm. what are you doing? Yep. But I, I, I'm you. I pulled that. I, I pulled a you. But that would never happen though, because I don't ever think. I just act on stuff and. Yeah, sounds good. You'd never be in that <laughs> position. You wouldn't even have been like thinking about that. That's fair. And you know, worse than you, I, w I would be dwelling on this. Like you'll, you'll let this go eventually, right? Maybe. I, not me, because I, I do I, dwell I on stuff. I might, I might let it go eventually, but I'll tell you what. I was angry on Saturday. I was angry yesterday. <laughs> I'm angry today. So. There's that, especially when Bridget Condon uh, joins the show and says, man, I never worked with David Shaw. He's so insightful. Right. Yeah, no blank. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, you he's have great. Him on the show. I know. <laughs> right. You should have him on the show great sometime, too. <laughs> yeah, you're damn right. I should have had him on the show. Also, one text from Keith in Sonora, California says, E-40, the Bumble is a slapper. Love me some Earl Fonzarelli. So there you go, E-40. E-40 started the show, and it sounds like E-40 is closing out the show. All right, you want to take a quick break and come back with reason or excuse? What do you want to do? Yeah, we can hit the break. All right, let's take a quick break. Uh, when we do that, let's go ahead and look for call number nine. One more time is the Lotus Summer of Fun. Call number nine, 702-365-9200. you got to be local. 
You got to be local, all right, to be a winner. Caller number nine, we're going to get you qualified for four tickets to an Aviators game. More importantly, it's going to get you one step closer in the Lotus Summer of Fun, which is five days in New Orleans. Got a show on a riverboat, swamp tour on an airboat, $1,000 spending money. You got the hookup, but you got to get registered for the four tickets to the Aviators first. 702-365-9200. Call number nine is what we're looking for here on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time for a reason or excuse on Unnecessary Roughness. All right, here we go. And before we do that, quick congrats to Dave. He is uh, qualified for the four tickets to win the Aviators game, getting him that much closer to the trip to New Orleans. Yeah, buddy. Shout out to Dave. Shout out to Dave. Before we get into reason or excuse, and really, I'll tell you this, as I keep thinking about this whole Coach Shaw miss interview situation, I have a bunch of excuses on why I didn't get the interview. (laughs) I really don't have a legit reason, so I absolutely failed. But Big Dub Raider on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187 keyword R&R said, Ari, this is your chance to give Q a hard time about missing the Coach Shaw convo. Like he said, he would do it to you. Like I won't let Q forget the James Wiseman interview. LOL, all in fun. Go Raiders. Yeah, I've had a couple fails. I've had a couple fails. The James Wiseman interview was definitely a fail. What's worse is uh, Lil Q was standing there right next to me about to see Pops in action, only for this guy who I don't know who it is even to this day. Say, uh, yeah, I'm not James Wiseman. <laughs> uh, there's also the push off. Yep. Yeah, that's that, true. So that was that was a things. legit. That was a legit push off, though. And there's excuses and reasons so really, for that too. No, so, so, now, <laughs> so now you no, you got to get on Vegas Jazz for that. I didn't even bring that one up today. Listen, that was you. Big Dub Raider can can back me up on this. I don't I don't have a Big show Dub that Raider I do. Was, he wasn't there. I don't have a show with Vegas Jazz, so I just kind of have to take it to you. You're you're right in front of me. No, it's fine. <laughs> just understand that I'm on the right side of this conversation. Vegas Jazz pushed off in the small of my back, I which made you. me fall. Again, every time that this comes up, I'm wearing the shoes that I had to replace those shoes with. (laughs) He's got the story. Like, you know what's funny? I feel like the shoes I was wearing that night that Vegas just made me mess up were like the the Eagles in the Super Bowl, where they keep saying that their cleats weren't the the field, the 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 situation on the field wasn't right. They didn't have the right cleats on. Excuse. Yeah, it's all excuses. <laughs> it's all excuses. Shout out to my man Vegas Jess, but Big Dub Raider. Shout out to him as well. Hey, all right, and, go ahead. And good right. advice, Big Dub. I will definitely be working yeah. that out for there's sure. There's a couple. There's a couple. There's a couple fails that I have that you can. It happens ride every out. now and then. Every once. All right, so go on, hit me, man. Go ahead. Speaking of fail, I, we didn't officially make predictions, but I'm pretty sure you said that Jake Paul was going to get his butt whooped or something <laughs> to that effect. Yeah, they, they, hey, man, they don't stop coming. on Q time. Man, jeez. <laughs> you know, I, I have to get it when I can, right? Yeah, a few times. So. You're not wrong. All right, that has nothing to do with this, but I will just, you know, I'll move on. Jake Paul defeated Nate Diaz via unanimous decision on Saturday, and Diaz told ESPN afterward uh, that he injured his arm in training, despite both parties are, are maybe interested in a future MMA rematch, uh, if the money's right. So we'll just move on from that because they're going to be talking about that forever. But uh, Diaz's boxing coach, Richard Perez, said at the post-fight news conference that the injury affected Diaz's jab. Hmm. Would he have beaten Paul? Or, or I guess I should say he would have beaten Jake Paul if his jab was on point. Reason or excuse? No, that's that's an excuse. Look, he's a Diaz. And all the praise that I gave the Diaz brothers, especially Nate, he's from Stockton, California, uh, a broken arm or a messed up arm or whatever whatever situation he has brewing is not going to stop him, right? That dude is a bulldog, right? That dude is going to get after you no matter what. So, no, he just lost, and he would have lost the boxing match. I, I When he started warming up before the fight, I thought, oh, boy, that doesn't look great. And, look, when they do MMA, he's probably going to whoop Jake Paul. I gave him too much credit. I don't want to give Jake Paul any credit. But, yeah, Nate Diaz hurting himself or hurting his arm that affected his jet. No. 
because he's a he's a Diaz brother, and they don't give a Diaz about <laughs> they don't give a Diaz about any of that stuff, man. They're, normally they'll just win or find a way to win, and if they lose, they just say, you know what, hell, I lost. So yeah, that's absolutely one hundred percent excuse. Yeah, I have to agree, and I think if he's listening, he would agree too and yell at us for even even asking. But here we are. All right, uh, back over to wow, this whole situation. Uh, a lot of unhappiness and disappointment with the changes happening in college sports. Uh, I guess it depends who you ask, but Deion Sanders weighed in. He knows a thing or two. And uh, he said this is simply all about – this is all about money. All of this <laughs> is about money. I'm messing it all right. up. Uh, he alluded to TV deals and more money for coaches on back-end extensions. Uh, I don't think this is like – he says it's the college sports world's worst-kept secret. I have to disagree with that. I don't think it's any kind of secret. But I'll just ask you the question. This is, this is like zero concern for the athletes and all the students involved with the teams and the fans and all that. It's all about the money, nothing else, reason or excuse. No, I mean, that's the reason. Money is undefeated. That's what I say, and I'll, I'll go to my grave and say that. Money is undefeated. Uh, everyone has a price. Every program has a pri- price. Every conference has a price. When they say they're not going to do something, they're going to do it, depending on what the money is, right? The money is always going to win out at the end of the day. As much as we don't like it, as much as we think that college sports is supposed to be college sports and it's not you know professional look nil's there coaches are getting paid a boatload uh there's all kind yes absolutely looks i said it before but uh uh what's his name that that's the quarterback for uh, south carolina now um uh, now i'm forgetting his name anyway he's driving a, a g-wagon right i mean that's just that's just ridiculous right he's got a g-wagon as his nil like when i envision um when i spencer env- rattler yeah spencer rattler thank you when i envision nil I was thinking, okay, you, you're going to get some money. You'll get some decent money that you can live on because the big complaint has been, well, we can't live. We can't eat. We can't do this. Eating has nothing to do with driving a G-Wagon, right, and some of the crazy, ridiculous NIL deals. And, look, hey, credit to them. Shout out to the players because, look, they're not all guaranteed to, to be pros. So if they can get money now, fine. But I, I couldn't envision, and maybe this is me being naive, I didn't envision NIL being as big and massive as it is. So now – Every program is trying to keep up with every program, and they're trying to find uh, they're trying to find a, a a conference where they can make the most money. And look, this is a football thing. Let's not get it twisted. This is not a basketball thing. This is not a softball thing. This is not a volleyball thing. It's not a baseball thing. This is a football thing. Football is what drives all the revenue, so all those other sports could eat and 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 survive. Like softball is non-generating; they don't generate money. Women's basketball doesn't generate money. Hell, men's basketball doesn't barely generate money it's all about the football revenue to drive everything the band everybody so they've got to do it in a sense because they've got to create that money so these other programs in their own program can can thrive but it just sucks that it's no more amateurism it's all about the almighty dollar and it's going to continue to be about the almighty dollar to the point where we don't even have a pac-12 anymore right and at some point it's just going to be two big massive conferences the sec and the big Big. I don't even call it the Big Ten because they're going to have 25 teams by the time it's all said and done, right? The big with a bunch of Gs. Right, exactly. So, I mean, it's just – it is what it is. It's just what we're going to have to get used to. 10, 15 years from now, it'll be something completely different, and, you know, people won't even remember that there was a bunch of different conferences. So, um, I don't even know what the original question was, but the the reason is absolutely money. So, I don't think it's an excuse. It's all money. As – Deion Sanders knows his program just left the Pac-12 to go to the Big 12. Exactly, yep. Uh, And the final one, I'll just make this a quick one because I think I know the answer. Carson Wentz is out here practicing in a commander's jersey with an Eagles helmet with the Colts shorts. 
Uh, pretty much all of Twitter all agrees he should just hang it up. And these injuries and the concussions and stuff that he's – it's just too much. Like, not to mention he's just not good. Well, you kind of buried the, you kinda, you kind of beat me to it. I was going to say <laughs> it's just too much for him to come back from the injuries and all that. Is that a reason or excuse? And I believe go ahead. You're. I mean, it's I it's mean, it's a part reason, but it's also excuse. He's just not very he's good. He's just not good. I agree. He's not a very good leader, which a quarterback has to be a leader. He's not a very good leader, right? The Colts found that out firsthand, and then Washington decided that they were going to trade for him too. Like, oh, maybe he'll be better here. No, you're not. It's not going to be better there. So, no, it's, all, it's an excuse. Slight reason, but definitely an excuse. All right, thanks so much for that. I appreciate you. One quick text off the don'tbebroke.com text line from Mailman Raider. This is another one that you can file in the, yes. in the, in the file against me. Don't forget, Q getting Rihanna and brushing her off the phone real quick and what she become ever since. That was the interview opportunity that I had that I just brushed her off. Why? Oh, okay. You're oh, you never heard me- this story? No. I, I- – Let's just throw out the rest of the show. I want to hear this. All right. So when Ponda Replay was popular, right? That's a long time ago. Yeah, exactly. And so I was at Q97 in Fresno, and my program director said, hey, I have Rihanna calling into the show. That was from Def Jam Records. Oh, yeah. Rihanna's going to call into the show. And I'm like, great. I got this pop artist going to call in. Are you serious? Like, I was not happy about it. And so I was like, all right, whatever. So they said, well, just play her song, talk to her for a couple minutes, and, you know, just – do whatever. And I was all right. So I did that. I got her on the phone, asked her, you know, about herself. Oh, this is great. Da, da, da. All right, go ahead. Introduce your song to the to the everybody. Hey, this is Rihanna. This is part of replay. Da, da. All right. Hey, thanks for calling in. So I brushed her off. I totally just like thought she was nobody. She was going to be a one hit wonder. Uh, apparently, I thought she was going to be Nina Sky. <laughs> right. Because they. That's good reference. Right. I should have thought it was. I, I was hoping it was Nina Sky. Uh, apparently, it was Rihanna. And Rihanna was going to end up becoming big. So. I always kick myself because I realized I could have had a very early interview with her. It probably would have been good, and she would have gave me time because at that time Rihanna didn't mean what Rihanna means now. Yeah. Right? She didn't her, – her, you know, her accent was very heavy at the time, and so I was annoyed. And I just <laughs> – I was, I was just not a very good on-air personality at the time. I just wasn't. I was very inexperienced, and I guess you learned the hard way. So, yeah, that's – that's another lesson for you, not to take any interview you do for granted yeah, because yeah. you never know. That's maybe that could one. I could have had a great interview, and maybe we could have had a great relationship down the line, and I could have got her to call into Man. the show. Probably not, but whatever. You could have fixed me up. I'm just saying. Man. <laughs> you never know. You don't, you yeah, know. I do know about that. No, do you know. don't know because you didn't complete the interview, and that's, that's why true. we're sitting here busting your chops right yeah, now. Yeah, that's true. That was, that so was not, you, Mel, that was a do not do that <laughs> ever. That was a that YQ. Scenario. Is that what you – YQ? Like why Jimmy? No. Yeah, Something yeah, like basically, yeah. That was a YQ moment. Why would you do that? But, hey, my interview with Trillville was fantastic. Okay. <laughs> and Lil Scrappy. Boy, that's great. <laughs> that is great, actually. No, it's not. I don't care about loving hip-hop. care about Rihanna. 4.55 is the time. We'll be back tomorrow. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Have a great one.